We are talking inflation and that big question on everyone's mind. Are we past the worst of it? Well, no, unfortunately, we're not. New data out this morning shows that prices continue to rise. The consumer price index was up 8.6% in May compared with May of last year. For months, inflation has been flirting with 40-year highs, and today, we finally crossed that threshold. Rent, gas, grocery prices, those are the main culprits here. Meanwhile, Chicago is raising its minimum wage. But how much will that really help? Michael Miller is an economics professor at DePaul University, and he joins us now. Hi, Professor Miller. Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me. A new consumer price index report is out today. So to start off, put these price increases in context for us. Well, they, unfortunately, I always look to see, I, I looked at the report this morning, and I look for where the strengths are and the weaknesses. The unfortunate thing about this report is it's all bad news. Uh, we have an increase month over month, which is greater than it was last month. We thought we were going to have some slowdown in the rate of increase in prices, and we didn't have that. And if you look across, as you mentioned in your lead-up, uh, if you look across at all of the different categories, every single category year over year is up substantially, and it's up month over month. And so it's, uh, it, it's tough on consumers. The one thing about inflation it affects everyone. It's not, yeah. you know, unemployment is really bad because it has social costs and personal costs, uh, but it affects only those people who are unemployed. Inflation affects everyone. And, and give us some specifics here. How much are prices rising month over month and year over year? Well, you had you had number of 8.6, uh, which is the year over year rate. And then if you look at it, just how much higher are prices in general higher than last month? It's one, one full percent. Now, what some people like to do is you can annualize that and say, well, if this rate of inflation continued for a full year, how much would inflation rise? It would be around 12%. Now, I'm one who I really thought, uh, just like Janet Yellen, that much of this inflation was going to be uh, transitory, and I was wrong. Mm. And I was hoping last month, like some economists, that we had seen the peak and things were beginning to slow down uh, because the month over month began to decline. Mm -hmm. And it's not. It, it's still it's still going up. So, like I say, all the news is bad news. Wow. Uh, the core inflation rate, that increased to 6%. What's the difference between the core inflation rate and what we're seeing in the headlines? Uh, a core rate is one which removes uh, two particular parts of the, uh, the basket of goods. That's energy and food. Because historically, they can go up and down a lot without necessarily meaning that there's underlying inflation. They go up and down just because of interesting market uh, phenomena. And so we would, what we want to find is what is the true underlying trend in prices in general? And that's what the core gives us. And so we still have a, a major increase well above what the Fed wants. And there, you know, some people think that's cooking the books by removing food and energy. So what some economists have done is we remove any outlying increases and decreases, and it's called a trimmed mean and so forth. And I know I'm getting into the woods here, but no matter how you, you calculate the price index, the numbers are, are rising uh, historically fast. Yeah. Remind us, what's driving inflation? Well, it's a couple of things. There's a lot of money that was in there uh, created during the uh, pandemic when the government helped everybody out. Uh, we have uh, market problems on the supply side that the price of doing business is going up because of some uh, you, the uh, problems in the supply chain. Uh, we have demand issues that people had uh, lots of money stored up during the pandemic, and they needed some goods like washers and dryers and all these different types of things. 
So we have inflation can come from three places. It can come from the supply side. It costs more to do business. It can come from the demand side that people want more stuff than that's out there. And it can come from money supply growing too quickly. And in our case, it's actually all three of those. Wow. On Morning Edition today, NPR chief economics correspondent Scott Horsley talked to Clay Watkins from the Chicago suburbs. Clay noticed that the LaCroix package that he usually buys downsized from 12 cans to eight for the same price. Here's a little bit more of what he had to say. So I went to grab the package and I was like, wait a second. I'm not a mathematician. I teach science, but I think that's a 33 percent price increase. So I imagine there are a lot of clays out there right now, Professor. Yes, you're, you are seeing that. Now, that's, you know, historically, that's been done by producers. For example, you would pick up what you think is a half gallon of, of orange juice, and instead of being 64 ounces, it's 60 ounces, and you wouldn't notice those four ounces unless you look very closely. So that kind of practice has been done for decades. But we're seeing now that the that I think the producers are simply saying the only way I can get you to pick up my package at all is to to keep the price roughly the same, but simply offer you less and hope that you won't notice. And uh, yeah, that, that, see, that's why I'm saying that it affects it affects everyone. It, it really does. So you're here to deliver bad news. We get it. We get it. But when when can we <laughs> expect things to stabilize a bit, Professor? Are, are we ever going to get back to the way things were? Uh, we will. I mean, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, and that will stifle somewhat demand. And so when demand slows down, um, we will see a slowdown in how quickly the prices rise. And you have to recognize that um, we're already seeing some signs that the, the economy is, is beginning to stall a little bit. I'm not convinced yet that there's an inflation, a, a recession on the horizon. But you take a look at the housing market and so forth, you'll see uh, partly caused by these uh, very high interest rates, that people are beginning to pull back. They're being very careful in how they shop. And I'm hoping, I really am, that the supply chain issues are going to ease up. They have begun, but they haven't eased up enough. And we're going to see, um, in other words, some kind of relief on at least the demand side and some relief on the supply side. And the two of those things together should, uh, I hope, um, lead to a decline in the rate of increase. So we'll have inflation, I'm sure, through the rest of the year. It's just that maybe now we're hitting roughly the peak, but yeah. we'll probably still have six, five, six, seven percent inflation year over year for the next six months. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the latest inflation data from the Department of Labor and the recent minimum wage increase in Chicago with Michael Miller, who's an economics professor at DePaul University. Let's get into that minimum wage increase. It's set to happen starting next month. Uh, It'll be $15.40 per hour. Uh, Now that's at businesses with more than 21 employees. It'll be a little lower. Yeah, it's a little lower for for smaller firms. For smaller firms at at $14.50 an hour. Mm -hmm. Explain how minimum wage is calculated. Well, it, it's it's not really calculated. It's simply determined by whoever is making the law. What do we think would be a fair wage that workers can get, that they can get by, say, in a family of, of four or something like that? And so there is no magical calculation that tells us that I this see. is what the minimum should but be. But are they taking inflation into consideration? Well, I'm, I think that when they probably came up with this legislation, that this inflation was not uh, an issue on the front burner. Uh, but certainly now you'll... Um, uh, you know, if you go back three or four years and people were talking about a $15 minimum wage, it seems so dramatically high 
And now you go past almost any fast food place and they're offering 18 to $20 an hour to start. Mm-hmm. So in some sense, the market has, has uh, leapfrogged the, the minimum wage just to be able to get the workers. So, uh, but yes, I, I'm sure that uh, they're taking it into account the inflation. Uh, but I do not believe that this particular piece of legislation has what is called inflation indexing, which means as inflation rises, the minimum wage automatically rises. Uh, if it's in there, that will make it easier on the workers who are able to retain their jobs. I, I'm not exactly a fan of the minimum wage, yeah. but I understand that if the if the prices are rising, it's going to affect the families on the bottom probably the most, and oh, yeah. uh, some kind of relief in the form of a uh, an increase to offset that increase in inflation uh, can be warranted, especially in a market, a labor market this hot. I mean, yeah. for the first time in a long time, workers have the, in a sense, the upper hand. They can simply say, I'm not going to work for you unless you provide me a wage, which I find, you know, acceptable and reasonable given, given what you're asking me to do. Uh, that hasn't been the yeah. case for a long, long time. So and I'm thinking I always of, like to use... Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking of the the difference here because I know minimum wage is also um, calculated differently for tipped workers versus non-tipped workers. How does tipping figure figure into this equation? Well, you know, in some places wanted to get rid of uh, the the differential between uh, the the servers, so example for example, and and regular workers. And uh, I've seen some research came out of one I think one of the Federal Reserve banks, uh, and they essentially did an analysis. Do workers really want, uh, do tipped workers want a higher uh, basic wage? And the answer is no, because in fact, when, when the customer knows that the, that the server is getting a much higher uh, basic wage, it turns out they tip less. And therefore, the take-home pay of the server has the potential to decline. Mm-hmm. So most of the research I have seen shows that, that this differential is to the advantage both of the firm as well as to the worker and the workers, uh, especially good servers who smile a lot and get your stuff to you very quickly and so forth, mm-hmm. they can they can easily make much more money with a tip situation they can with a mandated higher wage uh, for their particular job. Well, to that end, well, this increase and its effect on employers, Professor, will they have to shrink their staff to make up the difference? Well, that's what we have found in the past. We, we know that there is no research that shows that the increase in the minimum wage increases employment, and there's very little uh, evidence that shows that it increases the take-home pay of the workers themselves. Um, a lot of times what will happen is that workers will get more per hour, but they will then end up having fewer hours of work because of the you know the squeeze that this does put on the producer. Now, so one thing is we we are seeing now under inflation that I I don't know how much you, for example you go to eat out, but I have seen that the restaurants are upping the prices and I pay them they because are. I would like to eat there, mm-hmm. and so they are able to take some of this higher uh, cost of the workers and simply pass it on to you and me. But then again, we bear the cost instead of the employer. So yeah. you. Uh, when when wages go up, somebody has to, in a sense, pay for it. And in this case, it'll be the uh, the consumers. Yeah, I've seen res- restaurants flat out just increasing the prices, some being very clear on their websites that it's to help even cover health insurance for their staff. Too. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, as a consumer, I, I especially as an economist, when I'm watching the numbers, I, I, have, I have some sympathy for them. And I, I, I don't look at the... Um, provider and say, why are you doing this to me? I understand exactly why they're doing it. It's a, it's a tough situation. Uh, 
What are you going to keep your eye on in the coming months, Professor? So much happening here. Um, I think we're going to have to, clearly the Federal Reserve with this kind of number is going to increase interest rates uh, aggressively. They're probably going to go with the half percentage point increase three in a row. That's going to dramatically affect the uh, the market rate of interest that you and I pay for car loans and credit cards and, and most importantly, housing. Yeah. And we're uh, we're going to have to see if there's a – and it hasn't happened yet, which is a really good news. Uh, we're going to have to see if there's a slowdown in the labor market. I mean, we have some, one of the best labor markets in terms of unemployment rates and, and uh, um, first-time claims for unemployment insurance and so forth. We have some of the best numbers ever. And if that begins to stall, then the economy is in trouble. But I think that will be a sign that inflation also may be at its peak. Michael Miller is an economics professor at DePaul University. Thank you, Professor. Oh, this was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.